Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host. And we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Solomon's Prayer of Dedication. And I'm going to read the promotional material to lay the foundation, as I always do. King David did not get to build the temple. Solomon, King David's son, built and furnished God's temple according to God's specification. The temple was complete when the Ark of the Covenant was brought and placed in the holies of holy of the temple. Solomon gave a sermon and then offered a prayer of dedication to the Lord God. And this is recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 14 through 42. Today's episode will focus on verse 20. This is the New King James Version, and it reads, that your eyes may be open toward this temple day and night, toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. Solomon's Prayer Dedication. Well, let me just share with you that I am over the prayer ministry at my church, where I'm a member, worship, and serve. And uh, we have a midweek prayer session that's been going on over the summer. And we have focused on various prayers in the Bible. So we looked at Miriam's song of praise and or prayer, which is found in Exodus chapter 15, verses 20 through 27. Then we looked at Jesus' prayer for his disciples, which is in the New Testament, the book of John, chapter 17, verses 6 through 26. And then uh, the week before last, we looked and read Hannah's prayer, which is found in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And last night, we looked at Solomon's prayer of dedication. So I thought, what a wonderful opportunity for me to present it to my listening audience. Uh, we've been having fun uh, and learning a lot about the various prayers um, of supplication and petition uh, in, in the Bible, both the, the Old and the New Testament. So this episode is going to be a little bit longer than 15 minutes. just want to let you know that in advance. But just walk and talk through this with me and uh, take notes, if you will, and then you can always go back and listen to the pre-recorded um, episode. But the Bible as we know it, the Protestant Bible as we know it, starts with the book of Genesis and ends with the book of Revelation but it is not compiled in chronological order by date of writing. If you have a good study Bible, which I highly recommend, you can look up for every book in the Bible and know who the author is, what the theme of the book is, and then also the date of writing. 
Now, I, I own a Bible that's in chronological order by date of writing, and it is the most confusing book that I have dealt with. It's not it's not assembled in the way that we know. And so when I'm in church trying to use it, I'm flipping and thumbing through page to page, book to book, and just don't have that um, rhythm that I do with the Protestant Bible that starts with Genesis and ends with Revelation. But I want to note that for the books of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and also First and Second Chronicles, the author is unknown, as is with other books like the Book of Hebrew and I think uh, Ruth and, and uh, Judges is that the author is not known. So it's not a big deal that the author isn't not known, but we do know that First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles kind of go hand in hand. They sort of parallel the history of the children of Israel. Uh, during the Babylonian captivity and also during their, their exile. So in First Chronicles, the theme is genealogy and history, and in the, in the book of, the, of Second Chronicles, the theme is Judah's greatness, and both were written uh, around the 5th century B.C., and it does chronicle the period of exile from Babylonian captivity. So this is the time during the United Kingdom. So King David was the king of uh, Israel, and Solomon was the king of Israel. And right after Solomon's death, the kingdoms ended up being divided, with Israel as the northern kingdom, and Judah was the southern kingdom. Capital of Israel was Jerusalem, and the capital of Judah, the kingdom of Judah, was Shechem, and then uh, it became Samaria. So we know that King David did not build the temple, but Solomon, his son, did. And the account of the building of the first temple is in Second Chronicles, which we're going to read in just a bit. Uh, and, and according to God's specifications, and this is very important, the temple was built and furnished according to God's specifications. So they didn't just come up with their own makeshift design and put in the artifacts and various things in the temple as they thought it should be, but it was according to God's specifications. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was brought in from the city of David and placed in the Holy of Holies of the temple. And it's then that Solomon gave a sermon and then he offered a prayer of dedication. And we're going to read Solomon's Prayer of Dedication, which is found in Second Chronicles, chapter 6, verses 14, 14 through 42. So it's a lot of reading, but bear with me because the crux of the episode uh, will emerge. So Second Chronicles, chapter 6, verses 14 through 42, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Verse 14 says, and he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. Kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel. 
only if your sons take heed to their way and that they walk in my new law as I have walked before, as you have walked before me. Verse 17 says, And now, O Lord God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David. But will God indeed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heavens of, and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built? Verse 19 says, Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you. Verse 20 says, That your eyes may be open toward this temple day and night, toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. And may you hear the supplications of your servant and of, of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. Verse 22 says, if anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act and judge your servants, bringing retribution on the wicked by bringing bringing his way on his own head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. Verse 24 says, or if your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you and return and confess your name and pray and make supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land which you gave to them and their fathers. Verse 26 says, When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflicted them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk and send rain on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. Verse 28, when there is famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, locust or grasshoppers, then their enemies besiege them, when their enemies besiege them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people, Israel, when each one knows his own burden and his own grief and spreads out his hands to this temple, Verse 30 says, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give your gift to everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of the sons of men. Verse 31 says that they may hear, that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you gave to our fathers. Moreover, Concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched hand when they come and pray in this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all 
for which the foreigners called to you, that all people of the earth may know your name and fear you and do your people Israel as that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. Verse 34 says, when your people go out to the battle against their enemies, wherever you send them and when they pray to you toward the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Verse 36, when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to the land far or near, yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and have committed wickedness. And when they turn to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, where they have been carried captive and pray toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and toward the temple which I have built for your name, verse 39 says, then hear from heaven your dwelling place their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Verse 40 says, Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open, let your ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. 41 reads, Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests O Lord God, be clothed with right salvation and let your saints rejoice in goodness. And finally, verse 42 says, O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. That is the prayer of dedication. Now, if you look in Second Chronicles, Chapter 7, verse 1, after this prayer, this is what's recorded. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So God consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. He was pleased with the prayer. He received the prayer, and he went ahead and he consecrated his temple. The burnt offering and the sacrifices were consumed from the fire that came down from heaven, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now, I mentioned earlier that the First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles kind of go hand in hand. So I want to skip down and look at a couple of verses. I'm going to go over a passage that many of us are very familiar with. But Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 11, 22, there's an account that is spoken. But I want to share with you the explanation of those passages that's found in First Kings, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. So First Kings, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3 explains 2 Chronicles 7, 
11 through 22. And this is the account, an account of God's second appearance to Solomon. And he actually acknowledged Solomon's prayer, the prayer of dedication that we just read, his prayer of supplication. And God consecrated the temple and or the house and said that he would put his name there forever and his eyes and his heart there perpetually. All throughout the prayer of dedication, Solomon asked the God to hear from heaven that his eyes would be open toward this temple day and night. And he kept, he kept talking, then hear from heaven, your dwelling place, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made, hear from heaven, then hear from heaven. He asked for forgiveness. He went through the whole thing and offered this temple to God. He dedicated this temple to God. Now, the familiar passage that I want to bring to our attention is found in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and it's a very, very familiar passage. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yes. I will heal their land. I will hear from heaven. The very, very, very thing that Solomon kept asking God to do is to hear from heaven. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place. Hear from heaven. Now, the focus passage is verse 20. So we're in Second Chronicles chapter 6, and verse 20 is the focal verse of the many passages that I just read. And verse 20 says that your eyes may be open toward this temple day and night, toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. And so Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, sort of answers all of what uh, King Solomon offered in his prayer dedication. So let's talk about the elements. I'm going to point out the elements of the prayer of dedication. There are four elements. The first element is the opening praise and promise, and that's uh, verses 14 through 18. He started out saying, the Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep your command, your covenant and mercy with your servant who walk before you with all their hearts. So the opening Praise and promises is the first element. The second element is prayer supplication. And those are verses 19 through 36. Um, He started out in verse 19. Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you. Then he goes through the litany of things in his prayer. The third element is forgiveness for Israel's uh, rebellion. Uh, now, remember, this is uh, after the exile out of Babylon. They were in Babylonian captivity, and so they're needing to sort of regroup. But King Solomon is saying, okay, we know that we've sinned against you, and as a result of that, we ended up in Babylonian captivity. So the forgiveness, he's praying and asking God to forgive their sins, and that's the beginning of uh, verse 37 through 39. Verse 37 says... Yet, when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, 
and have committed wickedness. And it goes on to say, when they, when, when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, where they have been carried captive and prayed toward their land, which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and the, toward the temple which I have built in your name, and he goes on and on and on, then hear from heaven your dwelling place their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. The fourth element of this prayer is God's dwelling place. And that's found in verses 40 through 42. Again, again, 41 says, Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place. You and the ark of your strength, let your priests, O Lord, be clothed with salvation and let your saints rejoice in goodness. So, yeah, the four elements sort of break up all of those passages that we just read. So if you consider yourself someone who has a call for prayer, uh, you love to pray for others, you love to intercede for others, you need, you love to petition on behalf of others and offer prayers of supplication for our nation and uh, the things that are going on worldwide, then passage, verse 20, is one that should inspire you, that your eyes may be open toward this temple day and night toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. The question I have for us to think about, and I'm going to answer in the podcast, is what is the correlation between the temple that Solomon built, the first temple that Solomon built, and our temple of the Holy Spirit? The correlation between the two. Well, we know that the temple that Solomon built was a physical building. It was a place where God's people could be in the presence, be in his presence, preparing uh, them uh, to to be the holy, and God was preparing them to be the holy presence on the the earth. And and it was a, a crucial role in God's plan to dwell with humanity. Now, if we identify as Jesus' followers today, and are in relationship with him, our role is the same thing. Our bodies are a temple, God's temple. Our body houses the Holy Spirit that God has planted in us. The Holy Spirit indwells us. And our physical bodies, as we know it, our earthly bodies, are this temple that houses the Holy Spirit. So if we turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, and this is the New International Version, let's see what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 19 through 20. Verse 19 says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Verse 20 says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. So how can we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? So we know uh, that when Solomon built the temple, it was dedicated, and we read that whole account of his prayer in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 14 through 42, and then I ask you to drop down and look at Second Chronicles 
chapter 7, verse 1, and it reads, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So we know that we're not, no longer under, under the sacrificial system. Uh, offering is not need, uh, needed for our sins. Christ it was the supreme sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. He died for all. He was the, um, the Lamb of God without spot or blemish. He was and is the supreme sacrifice. There's, no one else can die for us and take away the sins of the world. So we're not under that sacrificial system as it were then. Scripture says that we are a living sacrifice. How can we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? So if you turn your Bibles to Romans, New Testament, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, this is what it says. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, the New International Version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Your true and proper worship. And then verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. So here are five things I'd like for you to consider when we talk about our temple, being a good steward of the temple that God has given us, the body that he has given us. This is not an exhaustive list, and I have to confess I have not mastered this list that I'm going to share with you. But the first thing is to don't skimp on sleep. Get the proper rest. You know, do, do things according to what our body needs, you know, the specifications of our body. Some people can, can function well off of four or five hours of sleep. Others need seven or eight hours of sleep. You've got to figure that out. But don't skimp on your sleep. Allow yourself that time to rest and replenish and to be restored. It's important. We're talking about stewardship over our temple. The second thing is to fuel your body. Fuel your body. So we're talking about making sure that we get the, the nourishment that we need, the physical nourishment for our physical bodies, and then also the nourishment that we need for our spiritual bodies. Now, if, you know, we read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and it said, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and, and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Fuel your body, your mind, your physical body and your mind. Take in that Bible. Take in that scripture. You've got to allow yourself to be fed. And when I think of the word fuel, I think of that, the fact that you need to be replenished and restored. So think of your gas tank. You know, you have a little indicator, your gas gauge. When you're running low on petrol, you know that you need to go to the gas station or else your car is not going to run. And so that's the same thing with us. If we don't fuel our bodies, if we don't fuel our physical bodies, we peter up. If we don't fuel our spiritual mind and our spiritual body, our spiritual being, then we peter out and, and, and we, we, we just we're not effective. So the third thing is to exercise regularly. And I know a lot of times people think gym. 
go to the gym and exercise. No, we're talking about exercise. We're talking about the mental exercise and the physical exercise. But make sure that you take good care of your body. Again, the physical body and your and and your uh, spiritual being. And then manage stress is the fourth thing, something that we all can learn to do a little better. There's a lot going on in the world that can definitely cause stress. I've heard that stress is a silent killer. Someone may not die from stress, but it may cause people to have high blood pressure and um, type 2 diabetes and all sorts of different things. So manage that stress. And then mind, the fifth thing is to mind your mental health. Know your ebbs and your flows, your ups and your downs, your peaks and your valleys, and just be mindful that, yes, you have to have your mind and your heart protected. You know, um, you know it, it, God, from God we can get a peace that surpasses all understanding as he guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So that is what I have for us today. Solomon's Prayer of Dedication, and then how the temple and the dedication of the temple and the consecration of the temple applies to us as believers and followers in Christ today. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who we have received from God. Now, we're not our own, and we were bought with a price, and so therefore, we need to honor God with our bodies. Allow him to consecrate us as often as he needs to for whatever act of service and then live a life that is pleasing to God and according to his will. With that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Bless you.